you are seeing more and more people talk about emotional intelligence. You're seeing it in the news. You're seeing it in articles. It's being thrown around a lot. And I think it's starting to become accepted um, as a critical factor in determining how successful you are as a leader. And I think it's really important that we understand the concrete terms that define what EQ is. One, two, Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast diving into how emotional intelligence can be unleashed to turn great people into great leaders. And now, your hosts, Ismail and Samir. Hi, welcome again to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, where we help current and aspiring leaders level up their ability to achieve greatness in the workplace. My name's Ismail Qadri. And hello, I'm Samir Aleem. All right, Samir. So in this episode, we're going to talk through the foundational competencies of emotional intelligence and how that might show up in our day-to-day activities in the workplace. And before we go ahead and do that, one thing I really want to touch on right away is the interchangeable use of emotional intelligence, EI, and EQ. And at this point, we can just all assume that it's it's synonymous. So when we interchange those words, we're talking about emotional intelligence. Yep, that's right. Ismail. sounds good. And uh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's jump right in. All right, so Ismail, there are four widely accepted key competencies that are considered when discussing emotional intelligence. You referred to them earlier as the foundational competencies of emotional intelligence. So as we partake in what is now our inaugural podcast, believe it or not, on the topic of emotional intelligence, it's definitely worth taking the time to explain what each of these four foundational competencies are and how the application of each will really make you a much better leader. That's right. Um, I think one thing that's important is that to understand emotional intelligence, it's not some arbitrary pie-in-the-sky concept or a lot of people think it's solely focused on your feelings. That's not really the case. Like There is a large, large body of research which breaks down these components um, of EQ, and and there's a lot of empirical data to back that up, and some of that we're going to share along the way. So one thing is like, you know, every day you're seeing more and more people talk about emotional intelligence. You're seeing it in the news. You're seeing it in articles. It's being thrown around a lot. And I think it's starting to become accepted um, as a critical factor in determining how successful you are as a leader. And I think it's really important that we understand the concrete terms that define what EQ is. Right. Exactly. So when we look at EQ, um, we analyze four competencies and the presence of these four competencies are essentially like the litmus test uh if you will to determine whether an individual has high emotional intelligence or not and analyzing an individual through the lens of these four foundational eq competencies can really help uh to identify you know who are who has high eq but also who doesn't and and what are the areas of needed improvement for a leader so i'm going to start now Ismail by just laying those out for everybody. So the first and widely accepted as the most important is self-awareness. Can I accurately identify my own emotions and tendencies as they happen? The second element of EQ is self-management. Can I manage my own emotions and behaviors to a positive outcome? The third Uh, element of emotional intelligence is social awareness. This one is also, you know, really critical. It's similar to self-awareness. Can I accurately 
identify your emotions and tendencies as I interact with you or a group. So understanding the emotions and tendencies of other people. And then lastly is relationship management. Can I manage the interactions I have with others constructively and to a positive outcome? Yep. I, I mean, I think that is a really, really good summary of the competencies. And like, there's a lot to unpack there. So why don't we just go through systematically, go through each one and talk about how they might look in the real world. Yep. That sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So first up, you said self-awareness, right? And simply put, self-awareness is a leader's ability to process and understand how they're feeling in the moment. Yes. And a key element that you just referenced is in the moment, right? That's right. Yep. 100%. So, I mean, self-awareness isn't your ability to look at a situation in hindsight and decipher all the things that you could have done differently or why you felt a certain way. And honestly, I would argue that majority of folks out there, they can really easily look back and say, oh, I should have done things this way, or I should have said things that way, and easily map out how they got from point A to anger or to frustration, um, and why they could have handled it differently. And a lot of people can do that. Where the art form is, um, in my opinion, at the end of the day, a good indication that you're practicing good self-awareness is your ability to identify the feelings and emotions that you're going through as they happen. Right. And I think another point worth noting as well is the leader's emotional response often has to transcend their true feelings about a situation, right? It it genuinely has to, to reach the most positive potential outcome. So here, I'll give you a quick example. So you get an escalation from a customer or an internal stakeholder for an issue that you already addressed with the team. You did a whole root cause analysis when this issue arised previously, You spent a ton of time trying to implement process changes, quality control frameworks. You addressed the issue wholeheartedly and squarely. You had a new process in place. Everything was all good. But then the only issue was that when the time came to actually follow the new process, your team just didn't, right? And the issue was repeated. And now this customer is super upset. So the true knee-jerk sort of emotional reaction is frustration. It's annoyance. It's rage. But that's that moment when you need to become very self-aware and identify your emotional state and separate it and respond in a way that's going to have the most positive business outcome long term and bring your team with you into that situation, right? I mean, I think another thing to to zero in on there is really like your ability to recognize what's triggering you in those situations. Um, I mean, there's there's obviously different scenarios and everything, but really understanding like what was it about this, uh, what was it about this scenario that triggered me, right? So let's take myself for example. No matter how diligent I am, uh, there'll be a point where I'm gonna need to be really, really hyper aware of what I'm feeling because there's an intense emotion going on or something really, really negative. And it doesn't matter how good I am, I'm going to have to be able to identify it and use the other EQ skills that we're going to talk about here to kind of mitigate it, right? So, I mean, I know it sounds simple and it sounds really, really obvious, but I think you have to, I think there's a lot of calm that comes from self-talk and determining the things that really trigger you, especially if they're repetitive and common. And I'd say if you're looking for a quick hack for self-awareness, 
if you're in a situation where you're experiencing some intense emotions, why don't you try asking yourself some questions that an objective third party might ask you? Like, so an example would be, what exactly is the name of the emotion you're feeling? Or, so what about that particular situation specifically is causing you to feel that way? If you answer those questions, I think it helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I'm thinking about that now and, and thinking about my situation. And I might jump to, you know, God, I can't believe, you know, they didn't listen to me, right? I'm their boss. They just ignored me. I would never ignore my boss, right? And I put myself kind of in that emotional state. But then if I ask myself, like you're recommending, like, why are you actually upset here? what's at stake right and and you put things in a different perspective and i think the answer is i'm getting upset that my team didn't listen to me but is that really productive i mean does that get me closer to solving the problem which is an upset customer right and i know i'm gonna have to deal with my team later i'm gonna have to hold them accountable but a key to self-awareness is identifying your emotions and tendencies as they happen and controlling them in the moment to lead to better outcomes. So for me, it has to be a bifurcation of what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it and then channeling my emotion toward solving the problem and making sure that I'm bringing my team with me when I'm when I'm solving that problem. For sure, right. And you know, if you can do that consistently where you're regularly regularly able to identify your emotional state and tendencies, you're going to have ample opportunity to respond appropriately. And appropriately is obviously like a vague term, but in that particular situation to, to have the best possible outcome, right? Um, one important thing doing this cultivates is it, it creates a lot of trust with your team. And ultimately that trust helps avoid a lot of extra work because that kind of like, you know, cleanup apology tour that ultimately ends up hap- happening you get to avoid that. And it's really just just such an inefficient uh, waste of time. Yeah, so you're talking about like if you have the wrong reaction or if you actually let your true emotions take the center stage, you know it's going to lead to alienating your team and making them upset. So you're talking about that apology tour, right? It's a, it's a waste of time because you're going to have to go do one-on-ones with people you're gonna have to address the team as a group and and that part is you're right it's it's frankly yeah a waste of time right and you know what look if if you're able to filter and process the emotions that you're having uh by being just self-aware you're just avoiding potential incidents that you're gonna have to deal with right so it doesn't really by not doing this it doesn't achieve anything and really it's just so much easier to get ahead of it practice these higher eq skills um and practice properly responding in the first place yeah and as we know in business right saving time saves money so you know we're going to get into this in future episodes i'm sure but how bringing eq into the workplace is actually advantageous to the business overall even from a profitability standpoint for sure for sure and look i know that we can spend hours talking about self-awareness but uh, why don't we go ahead and, and move on to the next competency, which in this case is self-management. Yes, yes. And so just to quickly recap, self-awareness, it, it really is the golden ticket. And, and Ismail and I have both said this. You really can't get to the other three competencies of self-management, social awareness, and relationship management without mastering self-awareness. So this is this is the one that leaders really need to focus on right away to get the most bang for their buck on EQ. 
All right. So we've talked about being self-aware by identifying your emotions and tendencies as they unfold, right? Well, self-management, on the other hand, it's actually the act of managing your emotional response. So you have this emotional response, you're aware of it. It's like, what are you going to do with it now, right? So this is a situation where a leader, they, they might have to respond in a way that is in opposition to their instinctive response. They, their gut, their, they might, their, their brain is firing. They want to say something, but they have to manage it properly in order to have the best possible outcome. Now, that's this whole self-management ultimately leading to the best, best possible outcome. Yeah, and and truly, it, it's a practice. Um, you know, I'll say for many leaders, this is a tough one to achieve, especially when I see young managers and people leaders who are motivated, right, to impress senior leaders in their organization, climb the ladder. They often struggle with managing these competing interests of them trying to really impress, but also keep a team engaged and so self-management of your emotions is such a critical piece of that for sure like you see this all the time right client pressure internal pressures stress self-management in a vacuum it sounds pretty straightforward you know i'm upset and i'm angry and now i'm just going to suppress that anger and 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 we're going to work towards practical situation uh, uh solution right so it the whole like you think that you're going to just do this step one, two, three, and, and everything's going to be fine. Uh, but you know what? You have to do it in a way that doesn't leave your team alienated or frustrated or depressed. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. So you think you have this perfect formula for managing through a situation, but then the albatross, right, known as stress, it spreads its mighty wings. It completely overwhelms the situation. And stress, as you know, it can hinder even the most rational of minds. So that's one of the areas I think that people, you know, that's where we have to kind of, and we'll, we'll touch on this in future podcasts, but just the stress management piece of how to manage stress to allow yourself to manage emotions. But you know, like, so there's a word you used earlier. Um, and I think it's really relevant here. And this is, it, it's a practice. So much like yoga or piano or whatever you want to reference here, self-management among and as well as all these other skills, but self-management is something that can be learned. Yeah, it, it can be. And, you know, I think it's important to note that it will come easier to some, right? People who are naturally less emotional will likely have a much easier time self-managing their emotions. Whereas those who have big, fiery, emotional reactions will really, you know, they'll need to work on this. This might be, of the four foundational skills of EQ, this might be the most difficult for those people with those big emotional reactions. But again, it's important to say, again, to be a leader who is trusted and not feared, right? Because that's the goal. And to find that sustainable rhythm with your team, self-management, it is a super crucial competency. Definitely. You're definitely. And but I do want to be clear about something. So we are talking about the foundational competencies of emotional intelligence in leaders, but I really want to caveat this and it is important to to focus on here for a second is that these competencies they're not reserved for, you know, quote unquote just bosses. Um, they're necessary even as a subordinate, as you know, individual contributor, um, if you will, and to really stand out against your peers and display management potential for you know future success. This is these skills are just astronomical. Yep, yep, yeah, definitely. And you know, for me, um, one's ability to self manage 
uh, it's probably, I would say, one of the top criteria that I look at when I'm evaluating future leaders in my org, right? So indicative of how they're going to interact with their teams, but also their customers. And in stress and pressure, as we mentioned, can turn someone who's beloved in the break room into a real problem child when attacked by customers or peers. So that self-management of your emotions, right? Being able to manage your emotions in the moment is so critical um, and something that, you know, every leader must develop in order to be successful from an EQ perspective. What do you say we jump into the next competency, which uh, is social awareness? Definitely. Let's do it. It's one of my favorite topics. (laughs) Hey, if you've enjoyed the show so far or found some helpful information, check the show notes where you can join our mailing list, get additional EQ tips and tricks, and also stay up to date on upcoming topics and events. So I love this one, social awareness. And to remind you guys, social awareness is our ability to identify emotions or tendencies in others, either an individual or a group of individuals that you may be interacting with. Okay, so I'm really curious now, why is this your favorite one of the four? Uh, because I'm a nerd, Ismail, and I get really excited about social awareness. <laughs> but uh, no, for real though, I think it's because for me, social awareness is so gratifying. I love the feeling of meeting people in their domain. It's it's a challenge. I find it challenging. It's something that I welcome. I don't know if that, that does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Completely. I mean, I, I think of it as this way, like to really know and understand people you need to understand how to interact with them and how to how to make them make sure you're operating in their comfort zone, right? So essentially it's it's this whole notion of understanding things from their perspective and ideally, you know, your ability to walk a mile in their show, shoes, so to speak. I know it's a cliche, but I think um, really that's what it's about. Exactly. And recognizing the fact that ultimately, you know, your goal as a leader, it needs to be to make yourself comfortable in the other person's comfort zone you mentioned it a smell a second ago right in their comfort zone it's not the other way around and i think today too many leaders are under this false impression that they need to be the ones to create the comfort zone for everyone and lead everyone to this joint comfort zone designed to uniformly meet each person's unique needs right so the leader thinks that they set the boundaries of where efficient communication happens and where accountability exists and and the culture of the team. But I would argue that the calculus of defining the comfort zone is figuring out each person's comfort zone within your organization. And I think that's one of the most important functions of being a strong leader. And, you know, it's, it's, it's utterly exhausting, right? It's not easy, but it's so necessary and I would argue non-negotiable and really in today's day and age to lead you have to be able and willing to understand each person's uh, you know comfort zone as we've said a number of times now within your team you know as you say that I I genuinely believe I think this is one of the toughest things for struggling leaders to understand you know like there there's no silver bullet here but they need to recognize that, you know, approach to leading in an emotionally intelligent way, it's got to be really thoughtful 
and calculated and very precise rather than like, you know, just broad strokes. Like kind of like you were talking about, you're thinking everyone has, it's a, it's not like this big kumbaya thing, right? You really need to, what, what resonates with one person may not resonate with the other. And you have to know that and you got to be on your A game. And, and I think it, you know, if it, it, when a leader tries to create those boundaries, it gives this impression that everybody feels included, but that's often not the case. When you really kind of peel the onion and, and really look at each individual and talk to them, you'll find that your approach may not resonate with every single person on your team. And so it's better to take the approach of figuring out each person's individual needs than just trying to assume, right, what what will uh, sort of an umbrella approach. In that case, like, what are your thoughts on how a leader might really lean into something like this, like, you know, to understand the emotional ten- tendencies of others? So I think there's definitely like a mixed bag of approaches, right? And for me, one of the things that I really try to do is notice things. You know, pay attention. I'm constantly in an in intake mode, right? I'm filing things away for future use. So I've always been a noticer, right? Even as a kid, I'd always notice like if my mom got a haircut or if she changed perfumes, I would comment about it. And and I noticed that she would get really happy when I did. So it was wired in me as a kid to notice things and when you notice things that people care about, it kind of shows that you care about them. So I apply that same logic at work all the time, right? I feel a sense of responsibility to notice and to care. And then I apply the information that I gather to situations as they arise, right? So I'm just thinking of this one situation. There was this woman on my team, really strong performer, super reliable, sociable individual. But anytime I would come to her and ask her a simple question about work, I saw her kind of tense up, right? She'd start fumbling around with her keyboard. She got visibly uncomfortable. Ultimately, you know, she'd give me the info that I'm looking for, but the interactions always seemed really stress-inducing for both of us. So I felt compelled, right? Like we talked about, like I felt compelled to meet her in her comfort zone. There was obviously something about our relationship, our interactions, and my leadership style that was making her uncomfortable. So um, one day, you know, after I got the information I needed from her, after asking her a question, I saw a picture of her daughter on her desk and I asked her, you know, about her daughter and I saw her entire body language just shift, right? She suddenly was beaming and relaxed talking to me like I was like just an old buddy, right? And we had this really nice chat about our kids. I walked away feeling so good about that interaction, which isn't typical. And then I took note of that, right? That's something that I noticed. So the next time I had a question for her about work, I approached her. And the first thing I asked her about was her daughter. And again, she was beaming, smiling ear to ear, you know, so happy to talk about her daughter. Tell me all about her daughter's latest updates. And then I asked her my question about work and her response was completely different. Her body language, her confidence when answering my question, it was so noticeably different, right? She saw me as a person who cared about the thing she cared most about in this world, right? Her daughter. And it shifted our dynamic. It really just brought me into her comfort zone. And then I noticed how she calmly answered my question, you know, being the subject matter that she is. I already knew that she was really good at her job, right? And because I've heard it from her team and I've heard it from her customers who just adore her. But I needed to display that level of social awareness, right? Identify her tendencies, identify her emotions. And myself as the leader in the situation had to be the one to pivot. I had to be the one to make her feel comfortable. 
that's an that's an excellent example and you know these are really small well thought out gestures or, or nuanced actions that you're you're taking and they have an immense impact on the people you work with. Yeah, and, and Ismail, that's just one example, right? Honestly, there's so many different approaches to gaining that social awareness. You know, as a leader, um, noticing is one approach that paid off for me or paying attention, I would say. But for others, it may be a more direct approach, right? Where they simply ask others like how they best respond or what makes them feel comfortable. In the end, I think taking note of and or you know proactively trying to understand the emotional tendencies of others it's critical it's a foundational part of eq that we're talking about today uh but again it's something that takes a lot of work right and it's something that you know you have to be committed to doing all right so i i'm really social awareness is critical yeah but i'm curious what you've been noticing about me (laughs) Listen, it's our first episode. I'm sure I'm going to have some stuff, but I'll just let you know. All right. All right. All right. I'll let you know off the air. Fair enough. Let's just keep it there. All right. So, you know, in that case, why don't we dive into the last foundational competency of emotional intelligence? Let's do it. The last of our four foundational competencies of emotional intelligence is relationship management. So simply said, relationship management asks can I manage the interactions I have with others constructively and to a positive outcome? We kind of mentioned that before. It's like all about these positive income outcomes, right? So, and look, much like self-management ties into self-awareness and our ability to manage our emotions in the moment when it really matters, relationship relationship management hinges on our ability to leverage social awareness and manage the relationships consistently over time, right? And again, with the goal of achieving the most desirable positive outcome. So Ismail, again, I think it's always important to baseline the conversation. Like, is this a learned skill? Is this something that you can practice and get better at the actual relationship management part of this? Without a doubt, yes. But I think it also forces us to look at interactions in a few different ways. So we have the initial interactions with an individual or a group of individuals, and we have like you know the sm- the smaller, shorter interactions after that initial interaction, and then we might have the longer, deeper interactions with the same group or individuals, and and really that success or the success of managing that relationship is how those interactions build upon one of a, one another. When we look at the term positive outcome, we're really talking about in in this situation, gaining buy-in, right? So the aggregate emotional response that's elicited through these various interactions that you referenced is really dictating our ability to gain trust as a leader, influence others, foster buy-in. I mean, these are extremely critical elements of being a strong leader. For sure, 100%. So, you know, a common thread that we've seen across all of these foundational competencies here is, I think, consistent emotional behavior like consistency in how well we self-manage and consistency in how we relationship manage. It's so critical in how your team perceives you as a leader and ultimately we'll say like the psychological safety they experience working in your organization. And look, I'm sure we're going to talk about psychological safety in another episode for sure. But um, in a nutshell, it's really a huge predictor of organizational success And I think emotional consistency is the key driver for that. Yeah. And 
you know, so many times we prioritize or give great importance to that initial interaction, right? The old adage, leave a lasting first impression, or we've heard, you only get one shot, you know, to connect with people to make sure that first interaction is positive. But as a leader of an organization, the first impression may be even less critical than that daily, regular interaction you're having with people is what I'm gathering from what you're saying. Right. So think about it. You know, throughout my years of leading people and teams, I found that I've never been defined by a single interaction, whether good or bad, or whether it was early in my career and or now as a seasoned veteran in the leadership role, right? My success managing relationships, it's it's ultimately been defined by the sum of all my various interactions with the teams and peers. And it's like really that the impression that I've left with them as they walk away from each of those interactions. And that's why I preach consistency, right? It's so critical that you're always connecting with people in a way that makes them feel whole and and really makes them feel cared about and safe. I really couldn't agree with you more on this one. And and that's, now you got me thinking about, you know, my own career. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's never been about that single interaction uh, that people remember me by. Or even when I look at or think back to the bosses that I've worked for, it's really, it's rarely been about that single interaction that's left a lasting impact, whether good or bad. It's really been that consistent response over time. And, you know, we preach about consistency, but I've had leaders that were extremely inconsistent. And, you know, I would one day they would be in a specific emotional state or mood another day in another mood. And it was extremely tough to work for those leaders. So having that consistent um, emotional um, state while managing through relationships through the various interactions it's it's it really is huge and making your team feel safe or making you know because i've kind of been through that so i can really attest to that and how how critical it is yeah so relationship management dictates in large part how you're perceived by others and those who display this core competency of emotional intelligence like effectively for those who do it well over time they really stand out in big ways yeah yeah, no, I hear that. And absolutely. Um, I agree. And so, you know, I'm looking down at the time and I think we've done a really solid job introducing these four foundational concepts today. Uh, safe to say, you know, this won't be the last podcast we'll have about these four competencies that make up emotional intelligence, right? Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness and relationship management. Without a doubt, you know, it, the Emotional Intelligence podcast will be diving much deeper into these four foundational competencies of EQ in future episodes. We're going to have episodes that are dedicated to each of these topics and episodes where we'll discuss topics that tie directly or indirectly to these four competencies. So without question, you know, um, this was a very significant topic for us and we deeply deeply appreciate all of you guys joining us today yeah thank you so much for listening this show really wouldn't be possible without you if you're a fan of the show please take a look at the show notes where you can find more information about the podcast and information that can support you as well as how you can support us definitely thank you ismail and thank you everyone who listened until our next episode i'll leave you with this quote from maya angelou people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel